Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path actual play of The Tales from Darkmoon Vale, Hollow's Last Hope, Part 2. Woo! Hollow's Last Hope, Harder. (laughs) (laughs) Too hope, too hard. (laughs) Too hope, too hard. (laughs) Electric Boogaloo? Yeah. The last hope. <laughs> the, the second to the last hope. The electric boogaloo is the only hope we have. We're screwed. Hope related. But, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We're all here and uh, ready to present to you the next part. So, yeah, let's go on ahead and have a brief recap of last time, shall we? Sounds splendid. I love that it feels a little bit like we're having like a nice tea with Ross. Like he's like, mm. shall, we, shall we do the thing? <laughs> I love it. It's very cozy. I think they're more afraid of you, Rick. Um, <laughs> it's a different style. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's like the two sides of that Eddie Izzard skit about the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, Don Miguel, tell me of El Diablo. Why do you ask? No, just the casual chat. <laughs> a twist. Anyway, yes, a recap sounds lovely. Yes, indeed. Let us begin <laughs> with the fact that we are in Falcon's Hollow, a small city near Darkmoon Vale in Andorin, where a terrible plague has recently beset the town. A number of folks, uh, starting with Clove and Laurel, have decided to find some ingredients for a theoretical cure from a book that belonged to Laurel's grandmother. Clove went throughout the town distributing flyers to basically everyone, asking for adventurers to help brave the terrors of Darkmoon Vale and find the ingredients. More the crazy people who showed up. Exactly. (laughs) Four people all showed up ready to fight the good fight. Grim, the dwarven champion. Astrea, the halfling fighter. Celestine, the half-elf rogue. And Amaranth, the elven wizard, all showed up ready to help save the town. Laurel then discussed with them what the ingredients were, wished them the best of luck, and sent them on their way. Yep. Are you still a wizard if you haven't done magic in 50 years? Don't assume they revoke your card, but... (laughs) Once a wizard, always a wizard. (laughs) Yes, once a wizard, always a wizard. (laughs) Hey, he had a spell book, at least. It's true. It could have been worse. That, That is true. That is true. I haven't used this. It's basically like having a broken broken cell phone that you've been carrying around for 50 years. Like, well, I haven't used this in 50 years, but for some reason, I still feel like I need to carry it with me. <laughs> oh, look, it's a Nokia and still turns on. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. It must be I haven't a charged it in 50 years. Take that, iPhone. <laughs> oh, man. Where's your fancy touch screen now? Doubles as a bludgeoning weapon. The spellbook has facial recognition. (laughs) (laughs) From there, you then decided to start traveling toward the Darkmoon Vale in search of the ingredients, um, following the lead of Clove, I believe, who had taken point as uh, she's one of the folks who knows the forest the best. Though I'm certain Celestine is helping in many cases as well. I'm also trained in survival if it helps. True. am I. Yeah, I think we're, we're all, all trained in survival. Oh, yeah, I'm trained in survival, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not, like, good at it, because I have no wisdom. To be yeah. fair, we're in a frontier woods town, but uh, I don't... Yeah. Actually, I've got, a, I've got a four modifier. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I also have a four for survival. I have a, I have I have a, three. a three. I have a four. So you're all pretty good at survival. Yeah. Excellent. And from there, you, you took a number of shortcuts through the forest actually saving a decent amount of time by close reckoning before you came across a small hapless creature 
that's caught in a terrible bear trap. Poor thing. There's a little teeny tiny dark moon firefoot that's in need of help. Clove could not resist going over and rendering aid to the creature. After which there was a bellow from the forest about something about eating all of you. Didn't exactly sound great. Um, no, and I like think you do. We weren't we'll- sure if it was us or the firefoot. <laughs> True. Why not both? I mean, <laughs> we just—I just haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> huh? Halfling. There's a lot of eating on one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't want dwarf really tough and stringy. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. <laughs> so, welcome to the new Find the Path Cannibalism podcast. Uh, oh gosh, my ooh. lord. So let's go on ahead and get some initiative, shall we? Yeah, so, jump it right in. What are we rolling for our initiative, Ross? So in this case, unlike Pathfinder First Edition, there's not a separate initiative modifier. Most of the time you roll initiative by rolling perception. And in this case, the entire party will be rolling perception for their initiative. Because none of us said that we were stealthing or anything. Exactly. In the meantime, though, the enemies were stealthing, so they're going to go ahead and use their stealth. Rude. I get the feeling that Rachel and I are on opposite sides of the spectrum. So, Oh, you can see your face. Her wee little happy face. Smug look. (laughs) (laughs) I roll a seven for a twelve. Dang. I keep forgetting that barbarians are experts at perception. I keep remembering when I see it and being very happy. Very well. Emerinth. I roll a nineteen for a twenty-two. Twenty-two. Well done. Uh, Celestine. I roll a twelve for a seventeen. Seventeen. Excellent. Uh, Astrea. Uh, I rolled a nat 20 for a 26. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Oh, man. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Can, you, can yeah, you critically succeed at initiative? Technically, no. <laughs> but it would be pretty awesome. Bummer. Uh, yeah, you could actually get a whole turn before he even goes. So you're already <laughs> attacking him before he even bellows out. <laughs> hey, this is 2E. I mean, we don't know just yet. We're no, still learning. It, it's a fair question. Uh, Grim. I got a one. Four of five. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. Slow but steady <laughs> wins the race. Dangerous at short distances. <laughs> Gotta shake off the rust a little bit. Oh man! All right, I'm too in, old for this. In this case, uh, Astrea, you get the first initiative. I will point out that we're going to be having an interesting little addition to this combat, and that we're going to be playing around with the detection conditions. Currently, your foe is not unnoticed because you're aware that there's somebody there after you. However, they are currently undetected. You're not certain exactly where in the forest that they are. Ooh. Sounds like we're going to be doing some seek actions. I mean, I'd recommend it. I'm not going to make you, but... These are not on my cheat sheet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. But yes, on a regular success, that means that your foe is gone from unnoticed to hidden, or sorry, from undetected to hidden, which means that you can at least target their square, but there's still a flat check to see whether or not you actually hit. On a critical success, you go up from undetected to observed, which means not only do you know exactly what square they're in, you can see them plain as day. Okay. Um, I will say that you did hear the sound coming from around the direction of the forest near the trap, so you can focus your seek over there. I shall seek. Seek and ye shall find. So in that case, what is your perception modifier? My oh, perception modifier rolling, I check for us is, sad. is a plus six. 
Um, you take a look and you're still not entirely sure where this person is, whoever they are. I don't know if I like the secret checks being done by Ross. No offense, but my luck is different. (laughs) (laughs) That's what makes it fun. In my defense, though, the monsters have the same luck that you do. I'm not sure that's better. Yes, but if you're anything like Jordan, then that means your luck is better behind the screen. I tend to have just average, really, when I'm behind the screen. (laughs) Everything goes very averagely. There's nothing stopping you, of course, from doing the seek again. That's true. Oh, right. I have... You have three actions. Okay. Oh, but I can't. I'm not rolling. You're rolling. Okay, Ross I is rolling. Do it again. Dang Stop it. rolling I dice, a Rachel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you decide to seek again, taking a closer look. Uh, let's see here. You actually get it on the nose. Yay. So hey. uh, you're not certain exactly where your foe is as far as being able to see them directly, but you are certain that he's probably perched on a tree that you see directly to your left. You see movement from that tree. May I offer a suggestion for your third and final action? Pull out my bow? No, you can actually use an action to point out to all the rest of us where this individual mm-hmm. is, so oh, we do not have please. to make that check. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good idea. I shall do that. Very nice. well. Helpful. I, I'm pretty sure he's up in the tree over there. Uh, okay. So you all turn around um, to see the tree. Um... I believe that means that you basically have the... He's uh, currently hidden from you, but not currently undetected. Which basically means that, once again, you can target the square. It's just a flat check to see if that you've, you actually miss. All right. So there we go. And from Estrella, we go to Amaranth. You have an idea of where your foe is. Okay, uh, but I can't target him for a spell effect. Not... Um, well, it depends on the spell. If it's an attack roll, technically you can. Uh, no, this is one he has to do a save for. So I can, I can hit him with like an acid splash or something, I guess, to make him. Now you do have another roll. option. You can also continue seeking as well. In this case, um, since he's currently hidden, if you get a regular success, he will now be observed. Uh, then yeah, l- let's do a seek check and see if I can pinpoint him. So let's see. What is your perception modifier? Uh, three. Three. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, in this case, you actually do see him exactly. You can pinpoint he is leaned up on the tree, effectively leaning against the trunk while standing on one of the lower branches. The bow is actually rather sturdy, or at least it'd have to be to support his weight. You also see he currently has a bow drawn and an arrow knot. You also also see that this creature stands maybe six feet tall or a little over with pointed ears, kind of grayish skin, and the flat nose and face of some sort of goblinoid. Oh. Oh. Sounds like a hobgoblin. Well, you could identify it. Um, I could. Or I could electrocute him. Okay. I choose to electrocute him. Yeah, so <laughs> he's, he's, knowledge. he's pointing an arrow at me. I am threatened. I'll recall knowledge on his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> recall knowledge is an action technically now. Yeah, so that's the other thing. That and it's two true. actions for me to cast a spell. So uh, yeah. I'm going to cast electric arc, uh, which requires... Wait, is he within 30 feet of me? Yes, he is within 30 feet of you. Okay, perfect. Uh, so he needs to make me a reflex save. Uh, basic right. reflex. Fall out of the tree. I want to hit him in the head. Oh, I don't. This is that kind of spell. Uh, well, opposite roll. He gets a perfect twenty. Oh. Okay, <laughs> so he's going to critically succeed that. Yeah, it gives him a twenty-six, which I assume is a normal success. Is it a basic? Um, so yes, that would bump yeah, him basic. up to critical success. Yeah. So yeah, he say, he saves for no damage. 
Very well. Sad. Unfortunate. Yep. Your electricity bursts forth from your hand as you mumble the incantation for the spell, probably for the first time since you first learned it however many years ago. In Elvish. Eh? In Elvin. The electricity tickles the end of the tree, um, being absorbed by the tree and down into the ground to no real ill effect for him at all. You Um, struck a tree, though. Were you supposed to do that? I mean, I was supposed to actually hit him, Oh. but I've still um, got it. Well, you missed. Do you still have it? I mean, I cast it. (laughs) You cannot say he was not successful at casting a spell. Uh, Celestine. Now that he's thrown lightning at it, do I know where this person is or do I still have to seek? You're still going to have to seek because he had not been able to point out the exact location. He has said it's in the tree, which you can certainly see movement up there. All right. I have a plus five to my perception, so I will seek. Okay. Uh, You spot him. Okay. So so Celestine will pull her bow, knock an arrow, and fire. Very well. I roll an 18 for a 25. Nice. Okay. Your arrow hurtles toward him striking him directly in the gut as he lets out a guttural roar, blood pouring forth from the wound. Go ahead and roll your damage. Oh, that wasn't a critical? I do three points of damage. It was close, but (laughs) three points of damage, all right. Take that. (laughs) He doesn't like it. First blood. I was going to say, that's the most damage anyone's done so far, so good good job. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right, so we go to... I see great things in our adventuring career. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! This is going to be great. Um, So we go to the creature. Oh, no. Well, somebody just shot him, and he's not really a big fan of that. Oops. So, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I am sure it was a terrible hunting accident, nothing more. (laughs) So let's see here. Uh, Yeah, the soldier knocks an arrow himself. And aims directly for Celestine. You've managed to anger him quite a bit. Did you say soldier? Huh. I mean, he's loaded with weapons, so you'd assume some sort of soldier. Could be a hobgoblin soldier. Of Could fighter. be. Who knows? I know. <laughs> Maybe this is all some sort of prelude to start playing Iron Fang Invasion that Ross didn't tell us about. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I see through your clever ruse. You're going to get our fans all riled up, and then when we can't deliver, I'm going to send them to you. It's like, oh, man, now i got to buy Iron Fang Invasion and read it and actually decide and to run it. it to 2E. <laughs> <laughs> to oh, God. Golly. Uh, <laughs> At any rate, I don't... Uh, maybe. Does a 17 hit Celestine? No, it does not. Okay, very nice. Enough. So he knocks the arrow and let's fly as it flies directly over your head, splashing I mean, into the lake behind you. It comes real close. Yeah. <laughs> he growls in frustration as he knocks another arrow and decides to shoot again. There's a part of my brain that immediately went, ooh, rapid shot. And then I was like, wait, no, that's... <laughs> Yeah, it's not the same. Not quite. Well, that would have been a lot better if not for the uh, minus five penalty for attacking a second time. Uh So a 14, I don't think, hits you either. No, it does not. The second arrow sails way wide over your head, um, once again splashing into the lake behind you. You hear a slight bob. You think he hit a fish. He'd be a lot better. (laughs) Ah, lunch. Hey. (laughs) 
He growls again before issuing a command. Get the pointy-eared one. What? You don't know who he's talking what? to. I don't have pointy ears. But I do. I do. I have slightly pointed ears. You're pretty sure he's pointed directly at Celestine. For oh. what it's <laughs> worth. Whew. It's who he's talking to that's really the interesting bit. Ah, yes, yes, yes. That's what we should fear. <laughs> uh, Clove, it's your turn. Um, Clove blanches. All the color drains out of her face. And she, for a second, looks like she's going to run away. And then something changes. And she's going to, A, rage. And oh, then, dear. B... Uh, use sudden charge to run toward him. And can I reach him when I get over there? So you just start furiously cutting down the tree. Uh. Actually, he's 30 feet away from me. If I can't reach him when I get over there, I'd probably have just like walked over there. Yeah, I don't think that you can actually reach him. He's too far up the tree for you to actually be able to reach him without climbing the tree some. Okay, then I will simply go over there and then pull my machete. <laughs> Sounds good. And be like, hey, you get down from there. Oh, yeah. Rage is in action now. So, yes. Yeah. So, very well. Your companion suddenly just starts becoming, A, a lot more confident. <laughs> <laughs> confident. And B, yeah. charging directly toward the foe with a machete in hand, which sounds like it's probably going to go great. <laughs> Celestine kind of eyes clove like, huh. <laughs> and from there... A pair of birds streak out from the trees to both the left and right of your foe. Birds? These birds have dark plumage and wickedly curved, sharp beaks. Are we fighting the Beastmaster? What the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Yes. Yes, you are. It's the 80s now. Welcome. <laughs> Where's our big big guy with a sword? Um, yeah, both of them in this case fly, well, toward the target that was pointed out to them earlier. These Ooh. are large birds, by the way. Like, they perhaps are about a wingspan of maybe four feet. Wow. Like, like from tip to tip. So, I mean, they're big birds, but they're not, like, the biggest birds. They're certainly not big birds. Uh, <laughs> big bird uh, doesn't have a beak like this. All right, also, guys. big bird can't fly. This is also true. Just because we've never seen him fly doesn't mean he can't. They're both going ahead and use their eagle dive, effectively. Well, you missed. Each one attacking Celestine as Celestine, I don't think a 15 hits you. Nope. Uh, does a 23 hit you? Oh, yeah, that'll oh, hit me. Okay. Why I assume it doesn't hit you by 10 or more. No. I didn't think so, but, you know, just thought I'd ask. Oh, you hit him with an arrow. That's why he's pointing at you. I get it. Yep. Uh, you take three points of damage from the beak as it basically just bites onto you. She lets out a shriek. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Both will then attack with a single talon now that they're flying basically right up in your face. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Uh -oh. Well, let's see I don't here. like that. Yeah, neither do I. A 13 will not bad. hit you. I'm sure. No. However, the perfect 20, uh, oh, which oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, which turns into a 22, I think does hit you. That's yes. a crit, baby. Okay. That is a crit. That is a crit. So double damage. As it hits you for six in this case. Ooh, ow. ow. The talon flies into your face, scarring your left cheek as a trio of talon marks leak blood 
It's slowly turning into an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Metal. Yeah, right. True. The two birds continue basically flying in place near you, harrying you at every turn. As we cut to Grim. All right. Grim pulls his hammer, rushes up next to Celestine, leaps up into the air because he's short. (laughs) And strikes with a 14. A 14 does not hit your target, unfortunately. Sad. The bird flies out of the way just in time. I mean, trying to hit a bird with a hammer is hard. Yeah, I imagine. So, yeah, Grim's (laughs) boots hit the ground as he grunts. But um, also, Estrella, it's your knees popping. He's going to step forward and uh, stab at the birds with her rapier. So we have two short people jumping up and down and trying to hit birds. Yes. Okay, I love it. Yes, it's good. Would you rather I try to climb? Actually, <laughs> try to climb the tree. <laughs> I actually have a six athletics, so I'd probably be great at climbing that tree. I am really yeah. fit. Yeah. My athletics is a five. You're better than me. My athletics <laughs> is a zero. <laughs> Yay. I like how the dwarf's better at climbing than the elf. I mean, to be fair, the last time he climbed a tree was probably a while. Yeah, He's like, enough. trees, why? Yeah, Exactly. I live in a building. <laughs> I buy my spell <laughs> components. Stairs. I don't need to go pluck them off the trees. Yeah. I mean, some, maybe sometimes I don't want to grab the ladder and I need to go up there to check the apples. True. Fair. You don't True. know me. <laughs> okay, so how far uh, was Estrella away from the birds? So from the birds, um, honestly, you could just take a step and you'd be okay. right there. Oh, nice. So then um, I will attack with my second action. Okay, sounds good. I do poorly. Aren't you a half You have a- good luck. I don't know if that's a thing. Sadly, I only roll a four and get a 13. Oh. Uh, with a 13. Wow. You got a 13 from a four. That's impressive. Uh, I plus nine. Wow. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're an expert. You're a fighter. Um, no, unfortunately, a 13 does not hit your target uh, as you stab mm-hmm. up toward the bird as it also just sort of flaps out of the side. A single feather flies past your eyes, temporarily distracting you. Yep. I mean, I could try again. The likelihood of me hitting is low, but I could try. You've got an extra action at the very least, so. Did you draw your weapon last turn? Because oh, I, I thought you seek twice and then pointed out, so you would have had to use your oh, first action okay. to draw your so weapon. Oh, okay, so no, yeah. my first action would have been to draw my weapon, and then I stepped forward, and then I swung at it, and sadly missed. Dang. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Rachel. <laughs> what is 17 of like hit? This? Uh, he can't that's tell a you secret, that. Rachel. Yeah, we don't know it's AC. Dang. I'll tell you after the battle if you don't find out beforehand. <laughs> I'll tell you after the battle if this bird doesn't kill you all. <laughs> True. Yeah, there's <laughs> two of them. There are two. Those birds. It's great. So from is a, it? Is it great? Yeah, I'm. I'm having <laughs> lots of fun. What about the, the rest of you? <laughs> from Australia, we go to Amaranth. Um. Okay. There's some birds near you. It looks like two of your companions are fighting them off. Uh, yeah, can... they seem to kind of have those. I wouldn't say well in hand, but they're at least like able to attack them. So, uh, well, a bird on the rapier keep... is worth two in the bush, right? I, oh my god! I suppose so, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> gracious. Um, so, Amaranth is going to turn, gesture up at uh, the hobgoblin in a tree, try electric arc again, and see what happens. So, Sounds another like reflex plan. save. All right, he'll try again. <laughs> Rolling much, much worse this time. Yay! So an eight total. Woo! That is a failure, but not a crit failure, which is sad. All right, well, it still hurts as you focus this time. Go ahead and roll your damage. All right. and that's a d4 plus my casting. That is seven points of electric damage. 
It's electric. Ow. <laughs> yes, it is electric. <laughs> At any rate, though, your electricity arcs from your hand, flying toward the flying directly toward your foe. It strikes him in the metal helmet as he shudders and shakes a plume of smoke appearing from above him as well, almost comically. Yikes, you make it sound like I'm electrocuting him, and that makes me feel sad. You are electrocuting him. You are electrocuting him. (laughs) I think that's the joke, yeah. (laughs) Have you forgotten what you're doing here, was it? But yes, he shudders, almost drops his bow for half a second before shaking his head and refocusing. It's not gone yet. Shoot me now. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't like it. So we go from Amaranth to Celestine. So I'm going to drop my bow as a free action, and then I'm going to pull my Elven Curve Blade as my first action. Sounds good. But you could take a step and move into the flank with Grim. I will do that as my so, second action. All right. Uh, and uh, then uh, what? That's just Grim. Don't worry about it. And <laughs> then I will uh, I, I will swing. All right. I roll an 11, which gets me an 18 to hit. You step into the flank with Grim as Grim, I suppose, adjusts his aim. Yeah, makes grumpy noises at me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no, I got it. And then you just sort of saddle sideways, flip your sword around in an arc. Oh, my 17 would have hit. But a 17 (laughs) does hit and a 17 would have hit. Yes, I'm sorry. I do 11 points of damage. Okay. Wow, nice one. As you swipe up, removing the wing from the bird as well as you think part of its spine somewhere as it collapses to the ground. I mean, you're a pretty good hunter, I guess. Yeah, but even the best hunters don't necessarily hunt <laughs> birds with swords. <laughs> you want to go hard mode, hunters? Go go fight a bird with a machete. I mean, no, you've got like Sasaki Kajiro level swordsmanship <laughs> over here. <laughs> she only draws it to kill. So let's see here. You drew, stepped, and attacked, so I believe that is your turn. And that is the end of Celestine's turn. Unless you want to drop your sword again. No, I want to keep the sword. Are you sure? <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm sure. I'm very also, much tempting you to actions. drop it. I've used the only charge on this sword. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not how they work. This is useless and now. this doesn't have, like, breaking qualities. Now your only option is to throw your sword at someone. <laughs> <laughs> Friggin' Zelda. Or uh, Fire Emblem. Swords break in there, too. Oh, yeah, they do. Dumbest thing. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, uh, we then go back to the the tree sniper dude. Tree sniper dude, that's no. his name. Uh, guy. It's a great name. Hmm. So I mean, let's see. Is standing under him like, get down here, you coward. Yeah, yeah, there's a clove standing under him, but right now she's at the base of the tree and he's standing <laughs> up it. So, And the wizard just shot him full of electricity, which really Ooh. hurts. Yep, Celestine did kill one of his birds, but I think he's more worried about the wizard at the moment. So he knocks an arrow, aims at the wizard. Amaranth, oh dear. (laughs) That's always great to hear. When Ross says, oh dear, Pathfolk, it's bad. That's the equivalent to something uh, much more expletive. Uh, So does a 25 hit Amaranth? It does, but doesn't crit. Okay, that's good. I so was worried that. about that for a moment. There you go. It was close, though. Small miracle. It was close. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Ooh, bows All are right. deadly. 
Yeah, exactly. That's why <laughs> yes. I was worried. Yes, they are. That would have been, uh, been something. Deadly D10? That would have been probably a lot of maybe yep. on the ground. Deadly D10, in fact, for a short bow. Well, you are playing a wizard, so. Uh, you still take four points of damage from the shot. Howie. As the arrow flies into your shoulder from, uh, let's see here. He's got two actions remaining. He's going to try to shoot again. That seemed to work pretty well. Uh-oh. Yeah. He's got a minus five now, so maybe he'll be okay. It's true. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't think a seven hits you. No. Very well. His next arrow thunks next to you, um, hitting the ground in between your shoes, which probably gets a little yelp, but other than that, doesn't really do any damage. Okay, Jordan, give us a yelp. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Oh, dear. Oh, my. I believe he's trying to shoot me. (laughs) Okay, I'm getting a total C-3PO vibe from Amaranth now. (laughs) I wasn't really going for C-3PO, but I appreciate it. Oh, oh jeez, what is he going to do with his last action? Fall Climb out of down the here, tree. you coward. Mm. No, he's going to try to relocate, I think. There are some other trees around him, and he definitely doesn't want somebody to climb up after him. So he's going to try to athletics his way to jump to an, another tree. Hope he falls. We'll fall. see how this works. Come on, fall. Chloe yelling lots of things at him. <laughs> Come on, crit fail. I would love it if he fell out of the tree. That would be great for me. Yeah, long jump is actually a two-action a two action, action. So he cannot do that and make the jump, which is unfortunate for him. Which is why he should just fall out of the tree. I don't think he's going <laughs> to do that. So he'll probably just take a third pot shot at um, Amaranth. This is probably not going to do anything, but I don't think he really has any other options. I mean, you can always roll a perfect 20. True. No. Uh, he doesn't, though, and gets a total Yay. of three. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's going to cut Miss it either. Wide. He curses loudly, a word I'm not going to say on the air. And we cut from him to Clove. Clove climbs well, Clove climbs the tree. Very well. So you'll Does need that to take roll. two hands? And can I put my machete in between my teeth? So. <laughs> Yar! <laughs> Yar. Do barbarians still have rage climbing? Because I feel like you're going to be a rage climber. I don't climber. have it. Yes. Yeah, but that's cooler. <laughs> I mean, if you want to. Have I would prefer to points. climb with one hand. She's that machete in your mouth. Um, but yes, climb does require two hands unless you have the combat climber feat, which I believe only requires you to be trained in athletics, but you haven't had a chance to take it. Take it. All right. I use an action to put my machete between my teeth, and then I climb. Very well. Go on ahead and How roll your athletics. I do. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, 13. Uh, I get an 18. In 18, you are able to climb up the tree. Um, your movement speed at base is 25, correct? Correct. Okay. So you're able to climb up the tree to get basically to a branch that's adjacent to the branch that your foe is currently standing on. In this and case, then I just want to hmm? kick him. I'm trained in unarmed strike. I will just kick him. <laughs> All right. Um, so just so you know, you are currently still climbing, so you're on the tree, which means you are flat-footed against attacks I other mean, people try to take against you. I, I I don't think a barbarian cares. Okay, that's. I mean, that's I, fair. I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, I she's just like want to frothing at the mouth right now, just like. Rah! Well, she's actually just kind of sassy and super ghostly pale. So you're just going to kick him as an unarmed strike. Go on ahead and roll your attack roll. 
Please critically Sparta kick him out of this tree. <laughs> that would be so funny. Did you seriously just? I didn't roll a perfect 20. Oh, it was close, though. <laughs> well. I what did get, roll a 19, so Ooh. hold on. <laughs> There's nice a chance. Roll. I get a 26 to kick him. <laughs> a 26 does kick him. It sadly, sadly does not crit critical kick him. Oh. But, it, but it still hits him. Go on ahead and roll your damage. Heck yeah. Uh, nine. I kick him for nine points of damage, and I'm like, get out of this tree, you coward. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so basically, you start shimmying up the tree, climbing uh, much like it were really just a rope in gym class or something, rather than an edifice preventing you from getting to your foe. You climb up basically level with him before bringing your foot around, kicking him in the stomach as he doubles over. He staggers back, just barely being able to stand at this point. He is still Got standing. Got right in the though. solo flex. Yeah. Nice. Nice. He definitely felt that one. Stop taking shots at the weak guy. He looks at you like, what the f*** are you? I'm a 15-year-old and I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an angsty teen. Truly the greatest superpower. I mean, all, no, like seriously, though, because like every superhero comic book, angsty teens. <laughs> I enjoy kicking people off trees. That's fun. Oh, I saw my machete in my mouth. That's kind of I'm it's I'm saying things, but they're kind of mumbled. It's fine. However, there is one bird remaining, and it was told oh, to go no. for Celestine, so that's what it's going to do. So the bird starts by taking a fly action to hover in place effectively because it has to, or otherwise it would have to try to move. The bird would prefer mm. to stay right there. And by hover, I don't mean it's like literally hovering, you know, like a like a helicopter, like a helicopter. <laughs> Can I just call it a drone strike? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, his uh, his ult dinged, so he was able to call one in. Uh, oh man. Oh boy. All right. So in this case, though, the crow mostly flies effectively in place, um, flying about, just kind of harrying you with its beak and talons. So it starts with a beak. And uh, Celestine at 11, I don't think, hits you. No. Following up with a talon uh, for a total of a 12. Nope. So the bird basically flies about your head, trying to get its attention or trying to get your attention and keeps trying to attack you with beak and claws as you just sort of juke out of the way. And we go to Grim. Yeah, if I can step up and be next to it and also be um, in base contact with Celestine. Form a shield wall, Heather. No, <laughs> you have to flank it. <laughs> <laughs> we have found the first bit of drama in this group. Flank versus phalanx. <laughs> well, I was, I was well. just kind of considering that where sadly the, the two of us, uh, as far as Celestine and Grim are concerned, neither of our main combat abilities work if the other person is doing how their main combat ability works. <laughs> mm. Oh, Thankfully, that's Thankfully, there's a fighter and a barbarian to help. Grim, Grim will step up towards the bird, uh, spin his hammer and swing. Go ahead and make your attack roll. That that might do it with a 24. Yeah, do it. Nice. yeah 24 hits. Uh, does not crit, but go on ahead and roll your damage. Looking at nine points of damage there. Oh, as I nice. drop the hammer. <laughs> Impressive. Hey. So Grim strides up, taking a step forward before hopping, slamming his hammer down on top of the bird. 
it explodes in feathers and beak Gross. and bits that kind of just go everywhere. So Ew. Celestine gets a, oh God, look on her face. You just kind of burn in half. Yeah, it was, you know, awesome and delicate. This is gross and exploding. <laughs> did you not think that you like cut it? You did that thing in the anime where like you cut it and there's no blood or anything. It just like falls I was thinking apart. Fruit Ninja. Yeah. Fruit Ninja style, yes. I mean, I realized there was blood, but there wasn't an explosion of ick. Goo. Yeah. You have a few feathers that are stuck to you now, Celestine. They appear to be stuck with the bird's blood. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, you actually have one action so, remaining if you wish to Celestine take it. Celestine looks sure. down at this dwarf like, really? <laughs> well done. On God, fill this warrior with your fire. He lays a hand upon you and heals you for six hit points before turning and beginning to make his way towards the tree. Woo! Yeah, yeah, that, nice. that'll do. Great, awesome. Thanks. That'll do, dwarf. That'll do. You're welcome. <laughs> Plove, you're leaving the group behind. This guy's being a jerk. <laughs> Kick him out of the tree. This is my favorite barbarian ever. Estrella, it's your turn. There's no birds around you. Estrella um, drops her rapier, pulls out her bow, knocks an arrow, and shoots at the sniper. Freaking A. Can't seem to roll it. It's Doesn't 12. seem like the good freaking A. Uh, yeah, 12 unfortunately does not hit as the arrow slams into the tree maybe about five feet below him. You have one action remaining, though. Go for broke. Yeah, take three the actions. Shot. Go for broke. I'll take the shot. Might as well. Minus five. Did you account for the Coriolis effect? <laughs> the what? It's a, yeah, it's like a dumb <laughs> video game reference. Don't worry about it. Sadly, I only rolled a 15. Ah, that's unfortunate. A 15 does not strike your target either, though in this case you get a lot closer, striking the branch he's currently standing on. It would have been a 20 if not for that minus five. Yeah, that's how they get you. Uh, from there, we cut to Emerinth. Emerinth clutches his shoulder because it has an arrow sticking out of it. Yeah, that's usually not good. Oh, oh. Looks enviously right. over at the elf who'd taken like three hit points of damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Just like year 20 practicum. And he casts electric arc again at the uh, hobgoblin. <laughs> when all you have is electricity. Well, it's mainly because I don't want to have to roll because I'm a miss. That's fair. <laughs> so he needs to make a reflex save. Reflex. Uh, I think he probably does it this time. 23. Dang it. Yeah. Is that That's a critical a crit save, though? That's not a crit save, though. So half. have yeah. some half damage. He only take. He still takes half. Okay, so he takes three points of damage. He sort of shuffles out of the way of the worst of it, some of it being absorbed once again by the tree. I guess he's lucky the tree's there to ground him out. He can't be that lucky, though, as the electricity courses over his body as he just seizes up, dropping everything in his hands as he falls from the tree to the ground, hitting with a single solid thump. Well, that was lets out awful. Amaranth lets out a... Ooh! Ow! Well done. My shoulder. I was going to kick him out of the tree. <laughs> I have to rage for a minute. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be angsty for another I like... jump out of the tree and just kick the cob goblin <laughs> a bunch of times. Clove. Clove, 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 clove. <coughs> he shot my friend. 
Calm he shot down. My He's dead now. Are you sure? Yeah. He shot my friends. That is not a natural angle for a neck to bend. Is anybody else going to um, not bring this up? Why we're suddenly different? He shot my friends. Apparently well, she's really angry. Friend. I'm just wondering why you're um, why you're so um, not clovey. So in fact, in this case, I'm very happy to be your friend because you'd probably be kicking my neck in right now. Amaranth, I'm going to need you to lean down. Let me get those arrows. Arrows? The arrows around for the second one that hit him. <laughs> Clove is really, really sleepy when she's done being mad. What kind of birds were those? So these are razor crows. Um, you can roll a knowledge nature check to have a better idea of razor crows. I will do it because I'm not raging anymore. Sorry, it's just a nature check. They do not call it knowledge nature anymore. I roll a 14 for an 18 on my nature check. 19 for a 22. Ooh. A 16 okay. for a 19. You've done a lot of bird watching. Hmm. Been All alive right. for 200 years. <laughs> what else am I going to do with myself? He's kind I mean, of twitching. Are, are they edible? Uh, razor crows are technically edible. They aren't exactly great, but they taste good enough. Um, made with some seasoning. At the very least, though, uh, razor crows are a gigantic cousin to the common crow. As opposed to crows being more scavenging birds, um, these actually do hunt much more like birds of prey. Other than that, I mean, they basically have sharp beaks and talons. They don't really have any like special abilities or anything, but they are fast and strong and capable of uh, eating salmon, which they love. Can I roll to see what the, the thing was, or did we make that roll? Did I miss that? No, we never did. No, we didn't check. identify the uh, probable hobgoblin. I want to go and, help the fox. In that case, it is a local check. Society, I apologize. Yes. Okay. Oh. Nah, I only got an eight on that. <laughs> I roll a 12 for a seven or a 19. With an eight, maybe some sort of goblinoid. You're not sure. With a 19, you're certain it's a hobgoblin. Was a hobgoblin. It's kind of dead now. Not to, uh, not to stereotype, does our rogue have thievery? Yep, I do. Okay. A bear trap is still a trap, so if someone's got a disabled device on that, it's going to need to be the rogue. Oh, hey, fair. I oh, okay, I was just going to well. rip it open, but this is fine. Oh, however you want to do. I don't know if I can just rip it open. I was going to say, what's your bonus? A four. So, technically speaking, because... Um, I mean, it is technically a trap, but bear traps are incredibly easy to manipulate. I mean, it is just... Kind of rip but it yeah, open. I figured it would require less brute strength than. Well, yeah, you can. In this case, you can. Uh, thievery is probably going to be better, but you can attempt a strength check if you prefer. It's just that there's also a greater chance that you may, you know, chomp yourself. I'm just going to try to rip open this bear trap because that's the only thing um, I know how to do. Um, wait, stop, stop, stop. What? <laughs> what? What? I can probably open that with much less risk than you, and you don't need to lose a finger. Wouldn't want oh. you to get all angry again. <laughs> oh, well, um, okay. Also, on the question of what happened to uh, young Clove here, I believe I understand that Clove is what you humans call a teenager. This gives, does give temporary powers when fits of rage happen, yes? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It just started happening one day. I rest my case. Teenager. I'm not versed in human biology. Uh, that... <laughs> 
fine, whatever. You you run with that theory. Um, I, roll, <laughs> I, I roll a nine for a sixteen on the uh, disable or sorry thievery. A uh, dis- uh, sixteen is enough to disable the trap. Um, as you spring it open, and while you're doing that, Clove, if you wish, uh, you can go ahead and make me a nature check um, to help calm the fox. I will roll badly and get a ten. Very well. Uh, you I, oh, hmm? can Sorry. can one of us try to or no? Mm, yeah, you didn't say you were doing anything else, so yeah, Australia can try as well. All right. Grim needs to pray for ten minutes, so I'll leave you guys to it. Okay, when Astrea sees that she's kind of freaked out the, <laughs> the poor little Firefoot. Uh, firefoot. Dark Moon oh, yeah, Firefoot. firefoot. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Astrea is going to kind of come up with like calm hands and she rolls a 19 for a 23 nature. All right. Nice. Wow. So Clove, it looks at you and it kind of just scurries or tries to scurry back a little bit um, while it's still caught on the trap. It's not really able to move anywhere, but... I guess maybe you still have some residual rage or just saw what you did to that hobgoblin a moment ago. (laughs) (laughs) However, Estrella, as you approach, it looks over at you, sniffles, and lets out a little soft mewing sound. Cute. There, there. It's okay. Let me look you over now. It sort of hobbles slightly before just laying down and letting you look at it. Uh, You can make a medicine check if you would like. Can I use natural medicine to try to treat its wounds? Yeah. But I did. I rolled a 17 for an 18. Dang, that's good. Yeah, with an 18, you're actually able to. So it looks like the wound is largely, largely for its muscle. Fortuitously, it's gotten lucky enough that it hasn't actually broken a leg, which honestly is pretty common for bear traps for even larger things. So this thing was really lucky. However, it is um, still got quite a bit of damage on it, uh, in this case, um, mostly to the muscle and ligaments. So it's still not going to be able to walk very well. Well, thankfully it didn't break a leg, but uh, it's still pretty hurt. I don't suppose... I think I can help uh, it. Well, I mean, it'd be nice. I I would hate to send it out there injured and just make it ripe for the picking. Uh, okay. Um, so I'm going to use my natural medicine feat to let me use nature to treat wounds. Or do you have healer's tools or are you attempting to treat wounds? I'm attempting to treat wounds using my nature and herbalism using my skill feat, natural medicine. From what I understand of natural medicine, it just allows you to use nature instead of medicine, but you still have to have the healer's kit. Because I couldn't afford a healer's kit either. Yeah, the healer's kit is really expensive. Okay, that's fine. And every What's use the of medicine requires have on a healer's him? kit. Does he have a healer's yeah. kit? <laughs> <laughs> he just happens to have a healer's kit fully charged. So looking at the hobgoblin, obviously the birds had nothing but you know feathers. Um, so to answer probably your most pressing question, no, he does not have any healer's tools on him. He does have a suit of hide armor, a long sword, a short bow with five arrows remaining, um, and a standard wooden shield. Uh, if nobody wants them, I'm going to take those arrows. I'm going to take one of them to replenish the one I used. I mean, you're good. I'm good taking none of that. All right, then I'm going to feed the fox a minor elixir of life. All right. Dang. So oh, the magical medicine for the fox? Technically alchemical. Well, you know. But yes. Expensive. Uh, if pertinent, if you can give me another, I guess at this point, like eight minutes, I can lay on hands again. Oh, okay. That's why I'm over there praying, is I have to pray for 10 minutes to regain my lay on hands, which I was going to yep. use on the uh, 
wizard, but the fox seems to need it more. <laughs> Great. Well, welcome to find the path where a fox you is more important than a You saw this coming, Jordan. Don't I even act like you didn't. This. I did 100% see this coming. <laughs> I saw this coming when I was planning the encounter. I mean, come on. Um, I, Amaranth, I, um, here, I hand you an elixir of life. Ah, thank you. I definitely didn't have three of them in my pack, but I appreciate it. it. He pops it and drinks it. What is the, what are the potions healing now? Uh, restores 1d6 hit points. It okay. also gives you a plus one item bonus on saving throws against diseases and poisons for 10 minutes. Sweet. I heal for three. You will probably run mostly out of that by the time that Grim is done praying, but. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. But you still heal the three hit points. Those don't like go away. <laughs> They're not temporary hit points. <laughs> yeah. That'd be the worst healing potion. I mean, unless the potion is like a potion of false life or something from 1E, but... If it was, like, marketed as a healing potion, but it's really just false life. <laughs> I mean, there is a literal snake oil item, which basically just makes you think that you feel better for a little while. Like Yikes. a placebo. Yep. It, it, well, it Yikes. actually does disguise any symptoms that you're suffering from. So, like, you can drink it, and if you have, like, I don't know, the like, boils or something... Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't <laughs> look sick. And in some ways, you don't feel sick, but you definitely are still sick. Well, I mean, placebos can do that. Uh, but yeah, um, in the meantime, Estrella, you hold on to the fox. Um, it actually sits in your lap for a little bit, looking. Aww. It shudders a little bit, its nose just breathing in and out, but it seems to calm down slightly. She just kind of sits there and pets it until it's calmed down and feels better. Yeah, Graham, you're able to reprepare your uh, healing. I have to pray to 10 gods. It takes me a while. Hey. <laughs> one minute each god that he prays to. Oh, fun. Stands back up to his feet. Yeah, jeez. Uh, technically, I only pray to nine of them. Mm, anyway. True. Oh, yeah, because you have the one that's missing or whatever. Banished. So, uh, yeah, after that, he dusts off his, uh, his pants, stands back up to his feet. Hey, can you help this fox? Hmm. Let me take a look at him. Or is it her? Uh, Do I know? It's him in this case. Your nature check allows you to know, yes. Oh, it's a boy. All right, I step up. I get a 16 on my nature check to kind of calm it down as I approach it. Yeah, you're able to get close to it. Grim makes his way forward, kneels down. You're a fighter, little one. On God, the forge fire will protect you. He places a thumb on the animal's head and heals it for six points of damage. Nice. The leg looks as good as new, really. Um, the little fox hops up, goes on ahead, and... Licks Grim's hand briefly before sniffling, turning around, nuzzling um, Estrella's shoulder for a moment, and then running off into the woods. Oh, that this was cute. Fine. Sorry, right. I was praying. Have we checked this, uh, the hobgoblin and seen what he was doing here? Mm, nothing really of use. Nothing of use, you say? No, just some gear. Uh, nothing else. I suppose we should continue on with our mission and hope we aren't interfered with by more hobgoblins in the near future. And they're stupid birds. Is it normal for hobgoblins to be in this area? Grim stares pensively at the creature. We aren't far from Izgir. There are still some stragglers left over from the conflict. The Goblin Blood Wars. Hmm. He could have been a member of that. Beyond that, they're sometimes used as mercenaries, but that's further to the west. Well... We have more pressing matters at hand, I believe. I do check and see if he has any identifying markings, scar tattoos, 
anything else? He has a number of tattoos. Um, you know what? Uh, go on ahead and roll me a society check. That's something I'm good at, but I do get a 16. Also, if pertinent, uh, well, it's probably not going to be pertinent in this case. If it's words, I speak goblin. Oh, hey, excellent. Oh, Oops. nice. I also speak goblin. I don't. <laughs> me either. Yeah, getting languages also, is a lot harder in second edition. <laughs> isn't goblin speak uh, like pictograms, though? Is that still a thing? Uh, no, hobgoblin actually, the hobgoblins and such do have a written language. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's only the goblins that believe that writing the words steals them out of your head, which is just a fun goblin thing. <laughs> so in this case, looking it over, you do find a number of uh, pictographic markings, which rank him. It looks like a corporal in some sort of army. You do know that uh, Hobgoblin society is heavily regimented, unlike uh, most other goblinoids. Beyond that, though, um, you're not familiar enough with the goblin tribes of this region, or the Hobgoblin tribes of this region, to re- to recognize exactly which tribe he was a part of. But he seemed to be well regarded, whichever one it was. Celestine. Yeah. Here, you see these symbols. Uh huh. Means he's part of the Hobgoblin military. Can I make a society check, Ross? Sure. Amaranth will also sidle up to make a society check. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else who wants to can go on ahead. Celestine rolls a perfect 20 for a 25. I rolled a perfect 20 for a 27. (laughs) Nice. Double 20. Wowzers. Battle of the 20s. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, geez. Let's see here. That'll be the one and only time that Jordan... Whoops up on Heather. I was going to say the only time I outroll anybody. <laughs> so, um, taking a look, you actually can tell that uh, this particular hobgoblin hails from the Candlestone Caverns. Both of you recognize this. Yeah, he's from the Candlestone Caverns. What? That's what that means. Celestine points at one of the tattoos. Grim looks down, gets that thousand miles stare as he looks off towards the west. You okay? Uh, he, he doesn't like here? this mountain. He's a long way from home. Hopefully he's just a deserter. And if he's not? You seem quite concerned. I've been to those caverns. <laughs> I lost a lot in those caverns. There are things down there far worse than hobgoblins. <laughs> Grim considers it for a bit. It shouldn't have anything to do with what we're dealing with right now. But we should alert the town. We're a good distance from the Candlestone Caverns. Well, one task at a time. You're right, Estrella. Celestine stands up for where she was crouched next to the Hobgoblin and brushes herself off. Well, this day's off to a wonderful start. Shall we continue? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. We I should keep it, an eye out now. I figure Estrella kind of comes up behind Celestine and uh, <clears throat> she kind of just hesitates and then pats some of the bloody feathers off your pants and then smiles. (laughs) (laughs) Celestine smiles down. Yeah, it gets everywhere. Yeah, didn't think you wanted that on you for the whole walk. Amaranth, you did well in the fight. Are you okay? Am I okay? I'm brilliant! Did you Uh, see that? I electrocuted him multiple times! uh, Yes, you seem to have found your aim. You're a wizard. You cast spells, right? Why is this surprising? You're a wizard, Amaranth. (laughs) Because I haven't cast a spell in 50 years, and I've still got it. That's terrifying. Wait, wait. Why haven't you cast a spell in 50 years? 
It like has that long like, oops, time. I shouldn't. I said the I said the soft part out loud <laughs> because I'm an academic. Uh, what? And what? I got bored teaching magic and decided that I was going to just teach art history. Yeah, but I mean, wouldn't you still cast like useful things, like I don't know, spells that create light and things like that? Well, I mean, I was I was at a magical college. There was plenty of magic already. I just. Okay, all right. This way, right? Clove, clove, this way. <laughs> uh-huh. To, to the old trees. <laughs> Celestine the glances down at Grimm and in Dwarven. Maybe keep an eye on the crazy wizard. <laughs> he glances keep... up, <laughs> raises an eyebrow, and just gives you a smile and a nod of approval. <laughs> Amaranth just glances over. I thought I saw some of the fire of Angrod on you. He smiles and gives you a good, you know, natured elbow in the hip. Guess I'm a lot shorter than you. <laughs> good guess that I don't speak dwarven. Clove isn't quite sure what the heck is going on here, but she starts walking toward the oldest trees. We're developing an elf dwarf friendship. It's the, it's the cornerstone of all fantasy. It's a tradition. I figure Estrella just lets it go and she runs up behind Clove because I think they're the two that knew where this was. Yep. All right. If pertinent, also, uh, the reason I was asking was, do you need healing? Is my question less so than oh. whether or not you're excited. Oh, I'm only down one point. So I'm, I'm down five. Okay, five. Still. Oh, okay. I took wow, a that's... heck of a beating. You're just bleeding. I figure okay. one of the scrapes on her head still kind of oozing, then she's just dabbing okay. at it. I guess the question is, can we? Does everyone want a break for twenty minutes so I can take care of this? What, what time is it? Is it lunchtime? At this point, it's the mid-afternoon, um, yeah, approaching can, closer to three. Yeah, we can... We'll have a late lunch. Yeah. All right. We'll make some yeah, bird so. on the Barbie. And a fish. <laughs> and a fish. Yeah, yeah a apparently fish. there's a fish we can grill up. <laughs> yeah, there's a fish with an arrow sticking out of it that's just sort of floating on the surface. <laughs> After ten minutes, I can lay on hands for another six hit points because it's six hit points automatically every time. But then that makes me at full hit points. Okay. And then uh, I'll pray for another 10 minutes past that just so I can regain that ability in case we get into another fight. Sweet. But I guess after all of that, we continue on. Clove, I would like you to make another survival check, please. Grim will just roll separately then. Okay. I got 12. 12? Because I rolled an 8. Yep, it was not a great roll for me. Yikes. 14. Should have kept my 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Should have trusted in Rachel's dice. Well, um, at the very least, you don't get lost or anything. Or at the very least, uh, Clove and Estrella and Grim, all of you are certain that you're still going more or less in the right direction. Though the pathway does get harder from here, as you're no longer able to find little shortcuts here and there. Watch your feet. There are a lot of roots through here. But you continue onward, uh, pressing on through the evening. Um, as you manage to approach the oldest tree... How, how late is it as we get near the grove? You actually have a choice. You can attempt to press on through the, uh, as night falls. By the time it gets to be around 8 or so, um, 8.30 or so in the evening, uh, the sun starts setting. You can choose to press on. You're not there yet. You think it's only a couple more hours, but you will need to make another survival check to not get lost in the dark. I think we should just set up a camp for the evening. This question falls to those of you who can't see in the dark. Yep, that's me. I cannot. Am I the only dark vision in this group? I think I, I think am. So. I think it would be best since most of us cannot see in the dark if we went ahead and just set up a camp for the evening. All right. So somebody on tents, somebody on food, somebody on fire. What else do we need to set up? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, so I'm going to use my forager to make a subsistence roll during that eight hours of travel with the minus five penalty to go ahead and see if uh, I could have caught us some stuff on the way too. Sounds good. I'm going to find firewood. Amaranth will make fire. Uh, so my survival check, even with the minus five, is still an 18. Does actually take care of that. You do make the DC. I imagine I do not critically succeed, though. You do not critically succeed, no. <laughs> and I realized I don't actually have a tent. But you can still okay, provide well. subsistence for yourself and four additional creatures. So I don't have a tent either. Yeah. And I'm just going to sleep one. in my sleeping bag. It's not raining. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, Celestine's used to sleeping out in the woods. Okay, so no one needs to worry about marking off any trail rations or anything, because I get enough food for five people. Nice. We're eating squirrel. Hooray! Oh, we also have the bird and rabbit. the fish. I was going to say, let's please have something vegetarian for our vegetarian. Oh, are you vegetarian? Yes. Mm-hmm. I found some mushrooms. Here, eat some leaves. I don't think that's uh, how that's it vegetarian, works. vegetarian, not vegetarian. Bark is also not a vegetable. Clove checks all of the stuff that um, Grim brought, but doesn't ask him and doesn't it does it really subtly because she's kind of paranoid about eating stuff that comes out of the the woods. Mm. He just smiles and waits patiently. Okay, these fungus are a little different from the ones that I grew up with. Hmm. Well, fifty percent of dwarven diet is fungus. That's land. I'm I'm gonna get uh, the firewood. And I go and find some firewood. Yeah, this isn't a lot of food, but I guess it'll have to do. We have a fish and a half of a bird. (laughs) We have four halves of a bird. Yes, but there are five of you. (laughs) Well, I'm a vegetarian, so there's there's a half a bird for each of them. Mm. No, we have half a bird total. I'm also just a half a bird. Oh, because you squishified the other one. Who wants a wing? Who wants a breast? Who wants a thigh? All right, I guess we get a fire going and we cook up our weird food. I use produce <laughs> flame to make fire. Amaranth Sounds is very good. pleased with himself. <laughs> Amaranth is like, I'm independent. <laughs> Take that mother who told me that if I didn't practice my spells every day that I would lose them. Celestine is just floored by this weird wizard. <laughs> you know? can, can I pet your, uh, can, can I pet Reggie? I don't know. Reggie, can she pet you? Reggie squeaks. Reggie just like again staring at him like what? Uh, she <laughs> I think that's a yes. Like right, holds out Reggie. Clove <laughs> takes Reggie and pets her. Uh, Reggie lets you pet her with no difficulty. Yay. She doesn't go flying away or anything like that. We should see about setting up a watch for the evening though. That seems prudent. Uh, I can um I can take whatever shift. I can take the first watch. I would be happy taking last. Always darkest before the dawn and all of that. Wow, Grim, that's Grim. Ha! Uh-huh. <laughs> Won't be the last time you hear that joke. I guess I'll be the lucky one with the interrupted sleep. I'm a teenager, so I'm really good at being awake at weird, early, strange hours. <laughs> you take the like middle of the night shift because you're going to be up anyway. It's fair. I got to play on my phone, post something to the gram. <laughs> oh, take a picture. It's like, I'm roughing it with some new friends, guys. Actually, Clove <laughs> would never do such a thing. Are you more the angsty teenager that just has like a picture of you in like some shadowy light being like, no, she's just yeah. quiet and awkward. She probably doesn't even have an Instagram. Uh, mm. However, the night passes uh, uneventfully effectively. Oh, nice. So yeah, you're able to rest, recuperate other than the chirping of crickets and the occasional buzzing of flies or moss being attracted to your campfire. You don't really encounter anything. Excellent. I assume you had a campfire since you mentioned, you know, cooking food. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we did. I guess we put that out and pack everything up in the morning and head toward the wood after everybody's prepared if they need to. Yep. Yep. 
I spend my morning hour praying to my gods. I mean, Celestine doesn't have to prepare anything. Does she still have her sword? Yes, we're good to go. That's how Clovis. <laughs> Clovis does say a prayer to Iomide, but it's it's kind of short, and uh, it's kind of like, um, look over Laurel and also my new friends. Like it's, it's that kind of like little. I mean, kid if you have a thing. whetstone, you can sharpen your sword. Just sit there sure. going shh, sure, shh. A lot. Uh, I could sharpen my machete and look like a bat. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're just, just a, li- a nice innocent 15-year-old with a machete. <laughs> this is a knife. I'm looking forward to actually being able to trait. use the machete. Yeah. I know! <laughs> Grim does invite anyone that would like to join him for morning prayers. Uh, I figure uh, Astraea has like a little workout routine she does, like where she practices her sword play. Hmm. Kind of like Arya. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, that's fun. Amaranth prepares his spells, looks at Regina. Reggie is still... An animal. He's disappointed. Celestine dozes <laughs> for an hour while the rest of you do all this shenanigans. <laughs> I mean, Clove says a five-minute prayer and then I guess eats breakfast and like watches everybody do stuff. But probably like a prodigious amount of food because you are a teenager. A growing girl. At any rate, though, um, you're able to gather yourselves and head on in the direction of effectively the oldest trees in the forest. So in this case, uh, if you'd go on ahead and make me another survival check, please, Cliff. And of course, anybody else who wishes to can as well. I'll make my own survival check this time. That's a better I make my own today. I got a 16. Okay. I got a 14. Also a 14. Okay. 19 for a 23. All right. Clove, uh, you and Estrella are both able to basically head in the proper direction. Once again, you're not finding any shortcuts, but you're still making good time. Before long, the nature of the forest around you starts to shift. Obviously, the trees here are all fairly old, but as you get deeper, you can almost feel the difference. The trees here seem maybe more colorful or just have a different character to them. The wind has gone relatively still at this point, though you can still see sunlight pouring down through the canopy of the trees above you. But the trees here are much closer and thicker than they are elsewhere in the forest. It's almost like the sound of insects take on a more reverent tone as well as you continue forward. Almost as if they know that they're in perhaps one of the truly great portions of the Darkmoon Vale forest. Does it seem unnaturally like silent and reverent here? Or is mm. it just us partaking of this beautiful nature walk? Uh, you know, it's it's primarily just, uh, this is a particularly beautiful section of forest. Okay. Uh, sorry, I was giving a personification to things that maybe shouldn't No, happen. no, I 100% support it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also paranoid about, like, angry dryads or something climbing out of the tree at me. Ah, yes. It's, it's quiet. Too quiet, and the woods just start attacking us. Yeah. And uh, then the, the eternal th- dwarven enemy, trees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I, the orchard owner. This is I where mean, the Ent wives have been hiding all this time. <laughs> uh, apropos uh, of nothing, I do actually have the Ent swarm pulled up right here. And, uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Ooh, swarm. But, uh-oh. <laughs> this is very serene and peaceful here. It's the it's the the older part of the forest. It's been here uh, a long time. Reminds me a lot of Kionin. Very ancient forest there. Have you come here before, Clove? Uh, once. Hmm. It was wasn't it like great. this. Oh. Uh, I don't. I mean, I guess I was little. He watches you for a long moment before simply nodding. 
pressing his way forward. So how do we figure out which one of these trees is the oldest? I think we just have to find one with moss on it. That may be one of those um, figures of speech. The elderwood moss. Do we know what color that is? Do I know anything about elderwood moss? Yeah. Do I know anything about elderwood moss? Yeah. Laurel, I mean, at the very least described it as a sort of kind of almost mud brown moss. You, anybody who wants to can also make a nature check about elderwood moss itself. I would like to. I get a 14 for an 18 on my nature check. 18? I hear Rachel uh, laughing behind me. But <laughs> I get a 16 for a 19. Okay. I rolled a 19 for a 23. Fair enough. I rolled a 16 for a 20. Okay. Yeah, I rolled a 9 for a uh, 12. All right. We're a very nature-y party. It's almost like we knew. I mean, that's really not a bad thing, though. I mean, especially it's it's almost like we all knew we live in a forest and we'll need to tromp around and do nature and survival. (laughs) True. Elderwood moss is an exceptionally uh, rare plant. Everyone but Celestine knows at least a little bit about it. So Celestine, obviously, you're just like, I don't care about moss because it doesn't move and I can't hunt it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I can't backstab the moss Yeah, it it doesn't have a pelt I can sell so who cares (laughs) for the rest of you though elderwood moss is supposed to be it's exceptionally rare first of all Um, it's said to only grow on trees of a certain age and older though this makes it relatively common in places like Kionin or other ancient forests like uh, Fangwood Forest but as far as uh, newer woods especially Darkmoon even Darkmoon Vale it's not very easily come by so Elderwood Moss uh, primarily is said to be mostly it mostly tends to enhance natural ingredients Um, it doesn't necessarily do a lot on its own Mixing it with, say, penicillin makes it a better headache cure or something like that. It's also said to be a delicious tea if you can get some. Oh, nice. I I guess we should just look for some. But you begin your search, so I will go on ahead and ask for a perception check from the party. Mm. I'm not doing great with my 10. Mm. I got a perfect 20 for a 23. Very nice. You want some tea? I do want yeah, some tea. Apparently. Reminds me of home. <laughs> I, I roll an 18, which also gets me a 23. All right. I rolled a 16 for a 22. Okay. It's my second perception check and my se- second natural one. Oh. <laughs> for a five. We're going to go with just Grimm's old and has bad vision. Yeah, apparently the cataracts have set in. <laughs> <laughs> it's more one of those, the dwarfs like, uh trees. It's so <laughs> tall. When no one else is looking, Grim kind of turns around and pulls a pair of glasses out of his vest and puts them on. <laughs> it's like little reading glasses. Little That's adorable. Yeah. Oh. Um, so Grim, you think you find the moss several times. Um, unfortunately, it turns out to be bark most of the time. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I forgot to turn my dark vision off. I was seeing it all in black and white. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rookie mistake, man. Rookie mistake. (laughs) (laughs) At any rate, though, um, though with the uh, critical success from Amaranth as well as the success from both Astrea and Celestine, uh, you managed to find a large patch of the stuff growing on a particularly tall tree surrounded by a number of other trees almost as impressive as it is. 
it looks vaguely like maybe these trees form almost a sort of crown shape, taking a look at it. There's totally going to be a dryad here. There is not. What Ooh, there is instead, right. though, and all of you can see this as you approach the tree in question. Uh-oh. Is a sort of lizard-like form, though it stands, in this case, nearly as tall as a quarter horse. What? Not a dragon, not a dragon. Come on, not a dragon. A pair of wings. It's uh, a dragon. <laughs> a pair of ah! wings drift off of it. Although, strangely enough, these have a number of black moldy patches growing across them. It's a fungus dragon. The, I don't know what that is, but I'm scared. <laughs> the reptilian creature eyes all of you before letting out a snarl and a large roar in surprise. As it starts oh, making its way Amaranth forward. Amaranth is giving it a, a, a yell of surprise, too. That's just like... <laughs> Stop screaming! <laughs> <laughs> You'll anger the fungus dragon. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know I was eating your young. <laughs> Get for being a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian. I didn't realize it was a living creature. <laughs> oh, I didn't it was a leshy in disguise. Uh, druid fact, mushrooms actually have more in common with animals than other plants. The yes, dragon roars, or the lizard, or whatever it is, roars. The fungal creature, I guess. As it takes a stride forward, and I'll need perception for initiative for the party next oh, time. I'm to talk to it. Oh, no. It better be a dragon. We're first level. Is it a dragon or is it a mushroom dragon? Who knows? It's a mushroom (laughs) dragon. Oh, maybe it's one of those cool uh, cool topiary creatures where it's just like, I'm just carved to look like a dragon. uh, Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hollow's Last Hope is copyright 2007. Hollow's Last Hope and the Game Mastery module line are trademarks of Paizo. All Game Mastery images are property of Paizo and used with permission.